Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. Welcome to the Junkyard Dogcast, guys. Uh, no Jake Bro tonight. He is uh, actually on site um, uh, doing a little recap for the game. Yep. But uh, Georgia actually downs Clemson 10-3. Uh, hard grind-out game. Uh, Rusty, what's your what's your first reaction just after this uh, after this big victory? Well, first of all, thank you for everybody that on the Dogs 247 that joined our page tonight. I think we had like 400 new users. Um, so welcome, everybody. Jordan's doing a great job here. You see Jordan. Try to get Kip back in a minute. Kip's got that 1988. Uh, when you tried to get HBO, it just kind of scrambled late at night. You couldn't get it. So, listen, let's start with Georgia. Let's, uh, obviously, dominating performance by the defense. And, you know, I think that was a theme for everybody. How how well would this, would this um, you know, offensive line play for Georgia? How well the offensive line for Clemson play? Um, you know, I think, you know, on here for sure, we talked about the Georgia – uh, offensive line, could they hold up and give JT Daniels long enough to make some plays? And listen, you know, the first person says, hey, how worried are you about the offense? Yeah, there's some questions, but they also played a very, very damn good defense tonight uh, in Clemson. But I'll say this, when you take the big picture of this, this was a top five win for Kirby Smart. This is a team that they recruit against Jordan. I'm talking every single day, 365. They recruit, they're going to recruit against Clemson tonight. When they get on that bus and start texting kids, Clemson's going to be texting kids too. So it's going to be one of those deals, but I'll tell you this, nothing, and I mean nothing we talk about tonight, and glad to have Kip back right here, nothing overshadows the performance of the Georgia defense. It was lights out. That's as good as I've, I've seen a Kirby Smart defense play. Uh, they had a five-star quarterback. He was confused. He was, quite honestly, he looked panicked, and, and there were times where he looked like a deer in headlights. He was just trying to get rid of the ball. What an unbelievable play by Chris Smith, Kip, we both covered him out of Hateville Charter. You got to love that kid, great guy, just committed to Georgia, never took another visit. Hell of a play jumping that route. It winds up being uh, one of the biggest plays of the game. Decision maker, Georgia defense gets seven. Is there Are there questions? Absolutely there are questions, but there's a lot of answers on that defense. And this, I said it last week, this is the best front seven that Kirby Smart's had, and tonight it was absolutely dominating. Yeah, I mean, early – you know, hats off to Dan Lanning. He's the MVP of the game. I mean, yep. Dan Lanning called an outstanding game, down up the pressure, and, and, you know, keeping that foot on the pedal throughout the game. I mean, uh, Georgia, whether it was <laughs> N'Kobe Dean on the inside, whether it was Jordan Davis coming from the inside, Adam Anderson from the outside, Nolan Smith, uh, you know, they were in their face all game long. And overall, I mean, the defense played outstanding. Like you said, Chris Smith, a guy who committed to Georgia on his birthday. I mean, this guy has wanted to go to Georgia his entire life. I mean, this was a dream come true for him. And so for him to, you know, wait his turn behind some, 
incredible safeties, guys that, again, NFL talent ahead of him, you know, stayed in the program, was out there, and when his name got called, he was ready to make a big play in the biggest moment you could possibly make a big play, a top-five matchup. And just overall, the fact that Georgia, you know, kept a top-five program out of the end zone in this game and second-best performance by a Georgia defense against a top-five program in program history. You got to go back to 1942 to find a a Georgia team that – held a top five team to less than three points. And that was against number two, Georgia tech when they shut them out in 1942. So obviously a historic performance by this defense against, again, there was a lot of talk about Clemson coming back and, and obviously a, a lot of big time wide receivers. They had a lot of size out there at wide receiver. And well, guess what? If you can't get the ball to them, they can't use that size to try to win those 50-50 balls. I mean, you saw it out there. Uh, there there weren't any 50-50 balls really to win. And, I mean, over, other than that, other than maybe Georgia's DBs and Clemson's DBs being given a completely different rule guide before this game based on how these refs were going to call pass interference, uh, I don't think you can really – not a lot of flaws, not a lot of things you can nitpick on, on Georgia's defense – we're obviously going to talk about the offense a lot as well, but at the end of the day, you, you take a you know a seven point win in, in a top five game, and, and now Georgia has a feather in their cap as we move forward down the season. I mean, Rusty, when you're looking at this game, I mean, what does this mean for Georgia overall? I mean, obviously, we just talked about the performance by the defense. We got some questions about the offense, but what's your overall reaction to this Georgia coming out and and you know, dominating on defense the way they did, but also, again, now they have a, a top-five win to put on the resume. I mean, what does that mean moving forward for, for the rest of the season? That's a big win. I mean, there's no way to dance around it. It would have been a big loss, uh, but I think we all talked about and agreed there was more to lose for Clemson uh, in this game because now Clemson – uh, you know, there's a lot of different narratives about Clemson, and they are a loaded roster, but now they go through the ACC – uh, North Carolina had a bad loss. I mean, Miami had a just didn't show up and got spanked, quite honestly, by Alabama. So the ACC, some of the upper tier teams, you know, Florida State, we don't know what they're going to do against Notre Dame tomorrow night. They got their work cut out for them, and they don't really have that game left. Now, here's here's the narrative. If you want to start looking at things, I put a tweet out a few minutes ago. You start looking at things. The last three times Clemson's played a team in the top ten versus the outside of the ACC, they're 0-3. So voters start taking that kind of stuff. When you get down the line, you know, let's just play devil's advocate. Georgia runs the table, and they lose to Alabama in the play, in the SEC championship. It's another game, and Georgia loses a tight game. Well, what's the next thing between Georgia and Clemson? It's a tiebreaker, and Georgia has the head-to-head to Clemson. And Clemson may not play another team in the top 12, top 15 all year, so – we can dig into that. There's so many questions here, Kip. Let's touch on a few of these. Everybody wants to talk about offense. I'll say this. We had a lot of pieces of puzzle out tonight. If there's one thing, and I'll say one thing, they had injuries. People were asking about Tate Riley's in a boot. Uh, I'm going to let Jake handle that. Just a few things I've kind of heard. This might be a couple of week type deal. Uh, not sure yet. Let Kip, I mean, let Jake handle that part. The one thing that would concern you as a Georgia uh, guy tonight offensively is they have got to take shots down the field. Um, you know, I thought they threw way too much underneath, stuff like that. And uh, you got to take chances. You got to throw some balls in some tight windows. You got to try to stretch the field a little bit. And I know that's something that Georgia 
is going to address. That's nitpicky, but that is a concern. I think he was, what was JT Daniels, uh, tw- uh, 20 completions for like 177, something like that. 22 uh, for 135. 135, yeah. I mean, you can't, you, you, you're you not going to beat Alabama that way. You're not going to beat Alabama that way. So uh, this is game one. And um, I think JT Daniels had a play that Balen Spector made a great play. Kid out of Calhoun, Georgia, jumped the route and confused him a little bit. Other than that, uh, made a lot of safe throws, but. You're going to have to challenge some teams vertically down the field. Uh, wide receivers, not worried about that. They're like all kind of people out. I think right now, Kip, we'll, we'll, you'll, you can address this too. I think right now one of the things you got to figure out is guard situation because Tate Ratledge most likely out a while, okay? And then you start looking at Justin Schaefer's a little bit banged up and those types of things. So, in that case, do you slide Jamari Sawyer down? Now, here's the point. UAB, South Carolina, Vandy. Vandy's getting beat, I think, late by East Tennessee Tennessee State right now. So at this point, do you start working in Broderick Jones at left tackle? Because you're not facing a Miles Murphy, that type of guy, and you're not going to face something like that for a while. So you look at can you start molding different groups? So a lot of these people got a lot of questions about offense right now. I would just take it with a grain of salt. My concern, nitpicking, would be the lack of – uh, of challenging people down the field. you got to challenge people vertical. Arian Smith's got to have some shots. you got to hit Jermaine Burton's on some slant seams. Uh, Kip, I'm going to tip of the cap, buddy. You said Brock Bowers. That was your guy, true freshman of the day. He had a hell of a debut for the Georgia Bulldogs. Even though he caught some balls underneath, I thought, you know, uh, the guy I was watching it with, he caught a ball for a three-yard game, but it felt like a 12-yard game because he caught it three yards negative, broke three tackles, and landed three yards. They had second and seven when he was hit four yards behind the ball uh, line of scrimmage. So uh, a lot of th- a lot of things on offense. Uh, I wouldn't really focus too much on that now. Maybe you'll get some pieces of puzzle back in a couple of weeks, see how things are. Karis Jackson, obviously not 100% healthy. Uh, he'll be back with a bigger role. Darnell Washington at some point in the next couple of weeks will be back. You start looking at those pieces of puzzle, can they get some guys back? And I think offensively they got time to click. But, man, you cannot overshadow that front seven and what those guys did tonight. Goodness gracious. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Yeah, I mean, Georgia was not going up again. I mean, it was not the path of no resistance. They were playing on air out here, guys. I mean, we said it before the game. Our, our podcast going in the game is this is the best defensive front either offensive line is going to face all day. Both these offensive lines, they're going to have tough sledding ahead of them. And that's exactly how this game went down. If you're, if you're Georgia, 
you, you talk about Brock Bowers. I mean, he almost caught that ball that the JT threw right over the middle, and Arian mm -hmm. Smith had to have been a, a wrong route. You don't want two guys right there in the same spot over the middle. But, I mean, for all the nitpicking of JT's game, for the most part, that one bad read, you know, he took care of the football. He, he, he knew, you know, when to, when to get rid of that football. And, you know, for the most part, again, other, other than one bad read, he, he did a good job of, of – of getting the ball where he was supposed to get it. Brock Bowers also out there, the tight, the blocking. We talked about how big it was to get Sean Fitzpatrick back in this game. Him and Brock were out there setting the edge on some yep. guys. I yep. mean, and they were going up against, like you said, we were talking about guys like Miles Murphy, who most of the night he was held in check. You know, he got loose on a stunt there and, and, and got in for the sack on JT, but they're blocking out there in the, uh, on the edge and giving these running backs and their wide receivers, guys like Lab McConkey, a chance to make a play and get some yards. I think that's if, if I'm starting to look and critique and go back and watch film, I think that's kind of an area where the wide receivers for Georgia could have done a better job out there helping them. You know, a lot of those plays we're talking about not pushing the ball downfield. If you're going to do those short plays, you gotta you gotta take your guy out of the play, and guys like Jermaine Burton, these wideouts. If you're gonna play outside at Georgia, you gotta be able to, to lock onto your guy and get him out of the way and, and open open some space up for the, for these running backs or slot or whoever has the ball. So that's that's kind of an aspect that Georgia really needs to work on. But you could tell early on that that was kind of the game plan to try to attack them outside. You know, whether it's toss sweep, uh, you know, using James Cook or. Hitting the hitting the guy, you know, with the the screen that was part of Todd Monkett's game plan, and he just did not feel that you know he had the guys healthy that he needed to be able to stretch the field. So, like Rusty says, you get these guys healthy, you're going to have more of the playbook opened up for you to be able to push the ball and take some chances. They just didn't feel like those chances were going to be there in this game, and you know you can't really do that the entire season. I mean, you're not going to be able to beat the Florida, the Auburns. You know, uh, if you're playing in Atlanta, you know, you're not going to be able to beat whoever's coming out of the West without being able to, keep, you know, keep those safeties honest and not able to, to sneak up on the run. And again, I think Zamir White, second half, I mean, he just lowered that shoulder and, yeah. and basically iced the game for Georgia when they needed the most. That's exactly why you have a guy like not just Zamir White, but obviously Kendall Milton out there. You have those guys who can, who can go there and just lower the shoulder and get you six, seven yards when you need it the most, if anything, you could have went to that well a little bit more there in the third and fourth quarter. I think those guys, you know, you want to test and see just how many carries you can get out of those guys. So, move, you know, maybe next week you see what Georgia's running game can do against a UAB. Uh, you try to get some guys healthy, you know, on the offense, on the offensive line. But I think you could see a heavy, heavy dose of Georgia's backfield next week. And, and so – you know, I don't think the, the questions about the offense are going to be answered next week. I think it's going to be about getting healthy and, and really just getting your guys some carries, getting that backfield com you know, confident, and also just, you know, getting JT comfortable back there as well. So, yeah, Rusty, I think, you know, looking at this game, player of the game, I mean, who do, who do you have for player of the game? Who do you think, you know, really, really, really helped Georgia make a big play when they needed the most? i tell you who flashed all night was N'Kobe Dean. Um, you know, he, he was, he had a lot of blitzes. I mean, the, the front seven for Georgia was tremendous, but I think when you look at Nick, when you go back and watch Nicobe Dean, man, he was a split second all night long where he made a play. Um, and 
credit Anna Hickey, our uh, Clemson, you know, beat writer. And I was kind of following her on Twitter and they throw a ball in the flats and Nicobe Dean just flashed out of nowhere and made a tackle. He did miss one on a play, a third down, uh, you know, to, to Will Shipley early in the game. But I think Nicobe Dean, it, you start talking about like Roquan and that kind of what he's, what he did in the 2017 season. I just think Nicobe Dean, number one, I know the kid's like a 4.2 GPA guy. I mean, he's a freaking genius in the classroom. Um, he's a freakazoid on the on the field. He makes all the calls for Georgia. I know Glenn Schumann and those guys are sky high on him, number one player in the state out of Mississippi, former five-star. So uh, I just think, you know, probably just my hunch. I know we got just a second before we have to get off this tonight, but just my hunch is he, he graded really good, and I think he played fantastic. And, man, he was constant in the backfield. Uh, there's several guys. But, I mean, Chris Smith made the play of the game. Let's don't beat around the bush. But I yeah. think you look at the overall picture – grading out impact every single play. I think Nicobe Dean, man, you talking about a five-star that played like a five-star? He did tonight. Uh, yeah, you're right. I mean, and other than like one missed tackle, and like you said, just now, uh, missed, a five-star missed a tackle on a five-star. Will Shipley, give him credit. Right. You know, ball on the flat, made him miss. That's what you do. That's exactly. But, yeah, I mean, looking at looking at overall, uh, you know, I, I love what uh what Jordan Davis did there in the middle, man. You he's, know? he's hell. The reason why Nicobe Dean and really Lewis Seen were just able to fly around to the ball carrier clean was because of Jordan Davis. And yep. I love the the way the defensive line timed putting their hands in the air. They they were timing it perfectly. He batted a ball down. I know I think Devontae Wyatt batted a ball down as well. Had a great a great game. Really really outstanding job by him. But Jordan Davis, you could just tell. You know he was on the field. You said it all year last year when Jordan Davis was on the field. This defense is different. You saw it. You definitely saw it tonight. So, you know, if there's somebody who who really won tonight, it's Trey Scott. You know, he's been waiting for this moment for for a, a chance to to really let loose on this defensive line. We've talked about how talented this group is. A lot of recruits watching this game tonight. A lot of defensive linemen that that Georgia's trying to get in the mix with. You know, whether it's Christian Miller or it's Mikel Williams. You know, Bear Alexander's there. They're going to keep recruiting them. Even, you know, next year's class, Vic Burley watching a game like that. You know, a guy, in-state guy that Clemson and Georgia are both on very hard. They're all watching that game, and you see a team get seven sacks against the number three team in the country. Uh, that, that's a pretty good feather in your cap for recruiting. So, I, I think, obviously, Trey Scott, big winner tonight. And Georgia moves on, you know, 1-0 and on the UAB. And on the flip side, we talked about what would happen if Georgia lost this game. They, you know, that they have to run the table. But now that Georgia's won this game, they got to go week by week. And they can't be thinking about Atlanta now that they have that feather in their cap. But that's all for this edition of the Junkyard Dollcast. We'll be back next week to, to talk about uh, where Georgia is as far as injuries. Overall breakdown, we'll get uh, Coach Rowe in here to give us his thoughts. But uh, for this episode of the Junkyard Dollcast, I'm Tip Adams. He's Rusty Mansell. You guys take it easy. The chilling new original docuseries on Paramount+. Plus. Why did he kill his family? The answer lies across the ocean in a woman named Sylvie. She's a can model. Where desire leads to deception. I ended up spending twelve and fifteen thousand dollars a day. It was addictive. I can't get you out. And obsession leads to murder. Who did this to your family? You can't really maintain a fantasy forever. Control all desire. Now streaming on Paramount Plus.